0: Um, I was thinking as I was preparing this week about identity and the identity that we have in life. For myself, I'm a son, I'm a husband, I'm a brother, I'm a father, I'm an uncle, I've had various jobs in life which have given me a different identity and currently I'm a pastoral support worker. But throughout life, we have different identities dependent on what we're doing in life and life situations change those identities. So when we change jobs, our job title changes. When we get married, we become a husband or a wife. When we have a death in the family, we become orphaned if it's our parents um, or we become uh, a widower or a widow, life delivers a identity change and our identity and the way that we live our lives um, uh, portrays our identity too, it's how people perceive us and see us. And I thought that was interesting looking at this passage from Acts today. Um, from Acts 9, verses 1 to 19, which I hope you either have in front of you or you're able to uh, see um, as I go through this passage. Um, We see uh, our friend Saul here, who was um, looking to persecute the church uh, further, uh, and he was looking to travel to Damascus to do this. And uh, if we look at the passage together, I'll I'll go through it, as I normally do, and pick out some some things. So in verse 1 of chapter 9, we're told that Paul was breathing out murderous threats. This wasn't that he wanted to um, just capture uh, Christians or people of the way, as they're called at this time in uh, Christian history but he wanted to murder them to make sure that they couldn't survive. And uh, he goes to the high priest and seeks letters of permission to go to the synagogues in Damascus uh, in order that he can carry out his murderous threats. In verse 2, he goes to find, well, this is what he's wanting to do, to find those men and women of the way And he wants to take them prisoner. And he wants to take them back to Jerusalem. And in verse 3, as he neared on his journey, you see, he had an intention in his mind that he was going to go and carry out these disastrous, murderous acts um, and capture the people of the way at best and put them in prison. But you see, God had another way that things were going to work out. And we see a turn of events in verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven uh, shone around him. Now, I think it's interesting because he was with a crowd of people and the light of God only shone around Saul. God picked him out as the one that needed to hear this message. The other men that were with him that were going to go and carry out these disastrous things were not surrounded by this light, but they witnessed it. And in verse 4, we're told that he fell to the ground and he heard a voice from heaven say, Saul, Saul. Why do you persecute me? Here it's interesting too that the voice from heaven says his name twice. And we see this throughout scripture that when God wants to get somebody's attention, he calls them more than once to make sure that he has their full attention. We saw that with Moses at the burning bush when God wanted to get Moses' attention. He called him twice to make sure he was listening. And the same is happening here with with Saul. And Saul recognises it's a voice from heaven because we read in uh, in verse 5, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice comes back from heaven. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied now get up and go into the city you will be told what you must do i wonder what the men uh, that were standing nearby witnessing this they would have heard the audible voice of jesus what would have been going through their minds to what was happening to their leader saul and, uh, Saul was told to get up and go on his way. The men traveling with Saul stood there, speechless. I wonder if we would have been the same. What would our reaction have been? Would we have even still been there when this light came from heaven? Would we have been scared and ran away? Or would we have stood by to witness what had gone on? Just interesting to think about that. So the men that were with him, they uh, had heard the sound, they did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground in verse 8 and uh, he couldn't see when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. It's as if somebody had turned off the light in his eyesight, he was blind. And the men That were with him, took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. And he was to be there for three days in this place and wait to see what God was going to do. I think it's interesting here that we see three days because we see that um, when Jesus was crucified and rose again. There was a three-day wait for the miracle to happen and again we see a three-day wait here and during this time he was blind and he did not eat or drink anything and i think that is interesting because he was obviously anxious about the fact of what had happened to him and anxiety can do incredible things to people. It's a daily um, event here. Anxiety rears its head regularly. And it, it eats away inside of people in a way that you cannot see unless they react in a certain way. And Saul's reaction here is that he stops eating and drinking because he's too concerned about his eyesight and how he's going to get that back in verse 10 uh in damascus there was a disciple named ananias the lord had called to him in a vision ananias yes lord he answered i think it's interesting here that the lord only has to call ananias once in his sleep and Ananias responds, There's no need to be called twice. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. You see, God had already given saw this vision too that he would see this man Ananias being the answer to his prayers God had prepared the way and made sure that there wouldn't be a rejection from Saul when this man Ananias came to him to help and uh, so Saul had been given this vision that this man Ananias would come and lay hands on him and restore his sight. So it was all going to be okay. But sometimes, you know, we can be told by the Lord, it's all going to be okay. But our human nature will try and hold on to the fact that it's not going to be okay. And we can't rest in the peace of the certainty But the Lord says it will be okay. I've got it all under my control. And I think during this time of coronavirus, it's so easy to be perplexed and anxious. But we do need to know that the Lord is in control. He has it in hand. And if he chose to, the virus could stop. At the click of a finger. But sometimes we have to go through these situations in life where we learn lessons and our faith is tested. And Saul, he wanted to persecute Christians and believers. But God had another way. And the only way he could get Saul to change his heart and his way was to make him blind and take him to the place of Damascus where he was going to commit murderous and capture these people of the way. And God had a different way for these things to turn out. But we see in verse 13 that Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Saul's reputation went before him. Everybody would have known of this man and the things that he was doing. They would have known about Stephen's stoning in Acts 7. They would have heard about it. Some of them may have even been there from Damascus. and. Uh, Ananias was questioning the Lord, but you want me to go and see this man? And in verse 14, it says, and he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So Ananias knew why Saul was heading to Damascus. So he was concerned, but the Lord in verse 15 said to Ananias, go. This is a man who is going to be my chosen instrument. I have different plans for him, not plans to murder and imprison my people, but plans for him to be used for the furtherance of the kingdom, not only in Jerusalem, but further afield. I want this man, it says here, to reach the Gentiles not only to reach the Jewish nation, but to reach all peoples with the message of the love of Christ. And in verse 16, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And then Ananias in verse 17 went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord said, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again. So Ananias had said that he was there in the power of Jesus to bring sight back to Saul. And Saul needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 18, we see the miracle take place. Immediately, something like scowls fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. It's interesting here that Saul had eyes only for one thing. And it took being blinded on the road to Damascus to change his heart and his way. And sometimes people have to go through dramatic life-changing experiences to know that they need the Lord and they need to accept him as their Lord and Savior. Saul had no intention of following this Messiah. He knew of God. But Jesus, you see, was the chosen Messiah, the one that would come and save Israel, and it needed to be Jesus that would speak to Saul on the road to Damascus, that would change his heart and his life forever. And there was an immediate conversion. There was no waiting. He was filled with the Holy Spirit and immediately The blindness fell from his eyes and he got up and was baptized, the sign of a believer. And we see from this the start of something great. I mean, next week you'll look some more at uh, Saul's story, and eventually he has his name changed to Paul. And we know that Paul went on to write half of the New Testament and he was very influential and many around the world became followers of Christ because he took the word of God into those places. So a man that had intention to bring harm because Jesus spoke to his heart is changed and now he is doing only good. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you can take a man that was looking to do harm and by you making him blind, you change his heart so that he may turn around and do good. We thank you, Father God, that you sent Jesus that we may have salvation and that you can turn a sinner into a believer who sins and we pray father god that in this time of coronavirus that we we will see your miraculous signs in our communities and in our lives and that you will keep our hope and our trust in you father we pray that many a blind eye would be opened during this time of uncertainty that many would find hope because they find you at this time of uncertainty, in the same way that Saul did. He had intention to do harm, and you arrested him and turned him around. We pray that you would do that for many during this time, and that this time in history will be a time of um, revival rather than uh, deprivation and destruction as we're seeing with this disease that's going about father we pray that you would move your mighty hand in jesus name amen